Hello and welcome to the first episode of the All Things Strongman podcast. Uh, this has been a long time coming. I think I've teased it on social media and Instagram for many months now, and it's about time we started. Just going to be getting some of the guys and girls on from around the strongman world and finding out about themselves, finding out what they're up to and their their stories up, up to now. For the very first episode, we've got a very special guest, though. Um, we had to get Scotland's strongest man, the current reigning defending Scotland's strongest man on. And we have Connor Curran with us today. How are you doing, Connor? Not too bad. Not long up, even though it's 11 o'clock in the morning. But, yeah. <laughs> I know, I messaged you around, uh, I think about half eight, nine o'clock this morning, just to check we were still on for today. And um, yeah. <laughs> I was getting a little bit worried. I set the alarm for half ten, and I pressed news a few times. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all we're all victim of doing that a little bit, aren't we? We all like to hit that snooze button. But, yeah, thank you for joining us. And um, just to give people a bit of a uh, background about Connor, um, yes, he's current uh, Scotland's strongest man, won that. Uh, in 2023, a very hotly contested competition, to say the least. You obviously just squeaked out, I believe, your training partner. Yeah, me, yeah, my training partner, Callum Crozier. He yeah. was a point behind me. Uh, could have gone either way, but yeah, I managed to eke it out on the day. Yeah, that, that scene up in Scotland is extremely hotly contested. Obviously, everybody will know, obviously, the Stoltman brothers. Um, but then you've got sort of Lewis Jackals, unfortunately injured for the Scotland Strongest Man this year. Yeah. Yourself, Callum, Chris Beathan. Some incredibly talented strongman up there. Yeah, this this year I think, like, every year it gets better and better, but I think that this coming year is probably going to be the best Scotland Strongest Man ever. Uh, get Lewis back in there, like Andy Black's talking about doing it as well, so we'll see if he shows up. But <laughs> Yeah, I know Andy likes to talk a lot about being... Uh, a big strong man. Um, yeah, yeah. I know he, he was unfortunate not to compete in Scotland's strongest man. I don't believe he did the qualifier. I think he had an issue on the day. Uh, but yeah, Andy Black's name in there. Obviously, Zaki Malouzi's done Britain's Zachary strongest man below uh, before. Incredible talent pole up there. Yeah, speaking of Zaki, I think that he's probably the most talented strong man, and like that competes at Scotland's like. Yeah. He says he doesn't train very much. I don't know. I don't know how much I believe him. To be fair, but like, I, I do feel that like if he trained properly and he had like kind of just like a coach that was helping him out, I think Zach would be very hard to beat. And if he had the mentality as well, because he kind of shows up and just he coasts through the day quite a lot. I think, but Zachy's definitely got the potential to win it. Absolutely, as in, I'm sure we've all seen it in competitions before. It's just getting that mentality right, which I believe we'll talk about a little bit of mentality yourself. You look at your journey of the last three Scotland's Strongest Man, obviously the first time you did it, I believe, was 2021. Yep, yeah, that's finishing, right. Finishing 10th, then pushed on again 2022, finishing third, and then obviously coming and winning it this year. Talk about that journey of the last three years to get to that eventual win. Yeah. Well, my, my progress, to be fair, since I started lifting in general, it's just been linear. Uh, and really, it's just, I know, I know that I'm going to keep getting better. It's just a case of, Keeping up the consistency, which is something I've always had, and avoiding injuries. That's I think those are the two kind of keys to success for anyone looking to get strong, really. Uh, and I've just touch wood, I've I've managed to do that so far. Like you're not gonna always be able to avoid injuries, but I've avoided too much time out up to this point. Uh yeah, just linear progress. Like I said, I was I don't think there was a year where I took a 
a massive jump. It's not as if kind of burst on the scene that Scotland's or anything. Yeah. Like it's just slow progress and yeah. Managed to win it this year. Yeah, I think too many people go into sort of working in the gym, lifting, going to kind of competition, expecting that large jump, that sudden click, yeah. everything's going to click and you're going to be winning competitions left, right and centre. I think doing it on that slow progression basis is the best way, really, to build as a an athlete. Yeah, yeah. You see a lot of folk kind of, once they've, they've done a competition or that and they a lot of big talk about ah, but wait and see, wait and see next year. Like wait and see what I'm going to do. It's like just be patient. Like it'll come. You know, it's, it's not a case that next year I'm going to be three times athlete I was last year. Like bump up a few places every year and you'll get there. There's ve- there's very few folks that will come in, do the first comp and place low, and then come the next year and win it. You know, yeah. no matter how much talent you've got. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a long game, strength. Yeah, so. When did you actually start training, Strongman? Uh, that was at the start of lockdown, actually. All right. Which didn't work out very well since we ended up not being able to get into gyms. Yeah. And ended up training in a garage for months with just a barbell and plates. So I don't really know if that counts as starting Strongman training. But uh, by the time I was able to kind of get my hands on some Strongman equipment, I think that was roughly... It was the second half of 2020, anyway. Uh, I got to get into West Coast in Kilwinning, which was the gym I trained at for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so gyms were still technically shut, but I was able to get access to there, which is why why I started training there really in the first place. Met all the guys down there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, probably ha- halfway through 2020, I would say, it's kind of when I started Strongman. So how old, how old were you been at that point? Uh, was that... Seen about years ago, so twenty six. Twenty six, yeah. which is, I don't know, I don't know if that's that's about normal age for certain strongman nowadays, isn't it? Obviously, a lot of are getting into it a little bit younger. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then we've all heard the stories about the age that Matt Felix got into strongman. So you I know, compare it to I that, know. and you were young, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone can compare to him though, because I'm not going to be doing this when I'm fifty seven. I might not be doing it when I'm thirty seven, yeah. but. <laughs> So what kind of drove you to first kind of train towards Strongman and sort of put it in your mind to think this is a potential avenue I want to go down? Well, I did powerlifting beforehand. Yeah. Um, and re- see, to be honest, it's, I didn't grow up as a big Strongman fan or anything. Like yeah. A lot of people in the UK have got stories of watching Strongman on the telly at Christmas every year. Yeah. I wasn't one of those people. Uh, Maybe towards the end of my powerlifting years, I started watching it a wee bit, but it just, I don't know, it, it kind of just seemed like the natural next step from powerlifting. Uh, powerlifting's quite, it's a fairly boring sport. I think even folk that, that still still do it would admit that. You know, it's th- uh, three lifts, three attempts on the day, like, it's going to be the same every time. Strongman's that bit more exciting. There's also the potential to do these bigger shows. Like, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to get to, which... For the first time, I'm here to get to like Britain's strongest man, uh, competing in front of a crowd like that. You're you're not going to get that anywhere else in the world in any strength sport. So like that was kind of one of the drivers that got me into it. But then once I started strongman, I'd say that's when I discovered maybe my love for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got I'm, I'm much more suited to strongman than powerlifting. I would never got never have got to like a national level in powerlifting. I don't think. Um, but yeah, just. Just gradual, just kind of discovered that as I went along. 
yeah, which is great, and it's obviously working out quite well for you. Not bad so When did far. when when did you start powerlifting then? Um, you know, I can't think exactly when. Oh. I think it was roughly roughly twenty sixteen. Right. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so it's been uh, a gradual journey for you over sort of the last sort of eight years or so. Yeah, yeah. I remember I, st I started that was at uni. I joined like, the uni powerlifting team. Uh, I remember we had the first meeting. I, I was one of the founding members actually. Oh, and nice. with this meeting that was like to come in last we all sat around this table and everybody was like saying their lifts and like I think at the time my deadlift was like 240 or something I mean it's okay like and it came out to me I was like yeah deadlift at 240 and everyone was like whoa yeah I was like oh <laughs> is that good but <laughs> yeah I mean 244 normal people is, is a lot for in the strong world you go 240 yeah mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not far off the log yeah. overhead record now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose it, different uh, walks of life. I obviously, see the way in, in in different ways. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So outside of strongman, obviously, you while you were doing your powerlifting, your day to day sort of jobs. So what what did you kind of do for a living? I've done a few things over the years. Like, well, I was a obviously a student for. Up till I was like 21, 22, because I studied law at uni, yeah. law and Spanish, actually, which was a joint honours, a bit of a strange one. Nice. Yeah, but, uh, bit of a mix. Yeah, like when we were leaving school, the teachers were all like, pick a subject that you're good at to study at uni. And I was good at languages, so I thought I'll do yeah. Spanish. But then I was thinking, a Spanish degree, like, what's that going to get you? You can be a Spanish teacher. Yeah. So I thought I'll do law as well. But turns out I hated it. Yeah, uh, stuck, stuck it out for I got my BA in law then I applied for the postgrad and I did a year of that a two year postgrad did the first year and then I dropped out at that point just I just kind of I was crawling my way through it I was wasting my own time really um, and since then done a few different things kind of boring jobs to be honest but the most recently I was a taxi driver wow. I did that for a few years but the the thing with that and it was the thing that drove me to it, if you pardon the pun, was the flexibility. Yeah. Uh, so you did have to work a lot of hours, but I could, I could really work it around my training. You pick, you pick your own hours. If, if I woke up in the morning and I was knackered and I feel I need another three hours of sleep, I could just do it. I could take a break to get my meals in and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was very hard to kind of leave that flexibility, you know. So taxiing it, it served me well over the years, even though. I certainly felt like I was maybe holding myself back a wee bit, like really focusing on strongman, not really putting much into a career, but uh, hopefully it's paying off to a, to a small extent at the moment. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. World, world's strongest taxi driver, should we re <laughs> rename yeah. you? Maybe I'm that already, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Imagine fitting, what are you now, 6'6"? Six, 6'6", six, 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 yeah. Getting into a taxi's no easy feat. No, that's the that's the thing. But see, every weekend when I'm taxiing, I would get asked probably ten times, like, "Well, what are you doing?" You know, people kind of not so much taking this pass, but always commenting about you know my my head's like keys on the roof, like your shoulders are over either side of the seat. Like <laughs> it's clear that I do something else. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure everybody paid the fare anyway. They did actually. I only had one. I had one runner in like four and a half years. Wow. And when I say when I say runner, it was a guy who went up to his flat. He was in like the 
like high flats to go and get the money, and he never came out. So like, yeah, <laughs> brave, brave man running from a a six foot six powerlifted strong man. <laughs> I, I thought about getting in and chopping the doors and trying to get him, but it was a it was a very dodgy area, so. It's probably felt better not. Yeah. <laughs> Walk away, value your life a little bit better. Yeah, it was like a tenner. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world, I suppose. Yeah. So, obviously, training, going back to training, obviously, the training partners you've got, obviously, Callum Crozier being one of them. Yeah. Is it great to have those sort of guys that are, are very similar level to, level to you, obviously, pushing at a, a national and obviously, Callum podiumed at UK Strongest Man this year? Yeah. Is it great to have those guys around you pushing you to be better every day? Yeah, that that's so helpful. Makes a massive difference. Uh, up up to Scotland's twenty twenty two when I was third, I was training myself mm. for probably about seven months. Well, I, I say myself, my girlfriend Hannah, she would come with me to the gym. Uh, like that was that must have been so difficult for her because there was times where it would be like midnight, and yeah. I'd go down to West Coast. My training schedule was ridiculous. And she'd be like, I'll come down with you. I know she didn't really want to, but she's like, I'll come down with you. And she'd sit in this freezing cold for like four hours while I do three sets. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, get, getting getting to train with guys like Callum and that, that, especially when you're competing against them, it kind of shows you the standard that you need to be up for the comp. Or if you want to win the standard, you need to try and beat. Uh, like, the best example of that being beneficial, I would say, was. Me and Callum up to training for Scotland's there. I don't know if you saw our kind of bag toss run. Yeah. But, uh, so we were like a very clear first and second on that. And we trained it together multiple times a week, all the way up to it. But when I, when I first started doing that, my bag toss was it was terrible. But I knew that Callum was one of the best. Mm. And that, or the best. And that just really, like you've got no idea how much that helped me improve. Like if I hadn't trained with Callum that prep, there's no way I would have, I would have done as well in the bag toss. Like he kind of showed me what was what was possible with it. Yeah. So yeah, you get the benefit of that from training with with strong folk. That's great. That's great. I was going to mention the bag toss because you see the reaction. See, I believe it was you and Callum went head to head on that one. That's, yeah. And you see the reaction of obviously when those last bags land, both of you kind of <laughs> just probably can't believe the time that you've both pulled and how yeah, close it yeah. was between you. Th- between yourselves so it, it was kind of a humbling moment to see and and now knowing obviously that you train together you can see why that reaction was so pure and so so great yeah because there's always that with bag toss as well there's always the chance that you can fluff one of the bags up like yeah. in training I would say one of us probably messed up the run like at least 25% of the time like at yeah. least you know you'd get the trajectory wrong or you'd like miss try to pack up a bag cost you a couple of seconds or but like on the day, we both just about hit like a perfect run, and so uh, that was really satisfying. Going into Scotland, then, did you feel like you had a great chance of uh, of winning that? Yeah, yeah, I felt like I was the favourite going yeah. into it, probably. Which, certainly, a lot of people were saying I was the favourite. I, I put Callum the the whole prep. I was saying to everyone, everyone that said to me, like, "Yeah, you're going to win it," I was like, "Ooh." Wait and see how strong Callum is. Like yeah. <laughs> it's going to be close. Uh, so yeah, I, I felt a lot of pressure going into it. That was that was the first time I'd ever went into a competition as the favourite, really. Mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. definitely a close run thing between you yourself, Callum, and Beefy for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. 
when I looked at the lineup, I thought, well, those are your three. Picking between kind of you guys were going to be tough. It were going to kind of, I definitely thought it's going to come down to the day, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, Beef had a, he had a five point lead, I think, after, I think it was event three. Yeah, mm. it was after event three, the five point lead. And I must say, at that point, I was thinking, shit, like this is, <laughs> this is quite <laughs> a lot to tough. overcome. Uh, but then with the truck pull, it was a, the truck pull was very tight. Mm. You know, I think there was, I think there was a couple of seconds between me and Beef, maybe like two and a half seconds, but that was six points. And I, you know, I found myself on the more favourable end of that. Thankfully, yeah. that's that's what got me back ahead of him. Yeah, small yeah. margins. Very small. That's strongman for you. Yeah, little, yeah. little error, and that's it, basically. Um, yeah. Obviously, off the back of that, you managed to get the invite to the World Tour Finals. Yeah. Probably off a little bit of luck. Some, I think somebody dropped out and yeah, you yeah. kind of got the call. But, I mean, if you had it one Scotland's Strongest Man, you put yourself in a position there to kind of be at the forefront of Darren Sadler's yeah. mind when he's thinking about a replacement. Well, well that's that. With, with winning Scotland's the past, in fact, since they started the World Tour Finals in Glasgow, the winner of Scotland's has competed at it every year. So the, the precedent was kind of set there. And I, I thought when I won Scotland, I was like, "Well, there's a chance yeah. of getting invited to this." And you know, it was getting it was getting closer and closer, and it's kind of you know maybe waiting for a dropout. But I also also went down to Darren's gym, all right, uh, for a session before it. I just I just kind of said to him, it wasn't a like I didn't straight up ask anything, but I was like, I'll, "I'm going to train for it." Like it was, I say I'll train for it. It was only three weeks, I think, but yeah. I said I'll, I'll train for it. And if you need someone like. I live literally five minutes away from the venue. So like if, if someone hi, if someone doesn't show up or if somebody gets injured in the warm up area, like I'll run along. <laughs> and like <laughs> uh, and thankfully I, I get more notice than that, but yeah. thankfully he took me up on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd have been quite an image of somebody sort of on event day. You're you're just running through the crowd, I'll replace it yeah. <laughs> going down. <laughs> I get my knee sleeves on. Like... <laughs> Hit your entrance music, come on. <laughs> Give him high fives as he's coming down aisle. Uh, that would have been quite funny to see, to be fair. Uh, so you get that call. What's your what's your initial reaction when you, you find out that you're going to be sort of at the World Tour Finals competing? Uh, I mean, very, very excited, but also terrified. That's, that's such an intimidating uh, competition to do. But uh, to, to be fair, I feel, just, I feel just about the same for Brits, but for... For the World Tour Finals, it's one. It's going from competing at Scotland's going into as the favourite, and feeling that pressure, yeah. and then get into this competition, and it's like you're probably going to be last. Like this is these. It's like a World Strongest Man final lineup. I, yeah. I would say I, I did. I think it's probably fair to say I felt a bit out of place. Uh, I hope I didn't look at. I think I held my own on a few events, but the, the standard was certainly so high that it's just one of the opportunities. Though if you got offered it, it's like you're. Okay, <laughs> you, you you never say no to that. Yeah, um, you'd be silly to say no to that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. that was that that was surreal to first of all compete kind of hometown, the biggest venue in my hometown, uh, stellar crowds competing with like Matt Hooper, current world strongest man, Tom won it twice, Luke Stoltman, Europe's strongest man winner, Pavlo, current Europe's winner, Matt Rag, like yeah. it, it was just it was mad. 
crazy lineup, and I th- yeah. think Giants have done a video, and basically, first line is Colin going, "This is a world strongest man final in a day." Yeah, which yeah. It, def- it definitely looked that way on on paper. It definitely turned out that way. Obviously, with a with a battle between Tom and Mitch, kind right. of that's going to be a battle for so many years if if Mitch stays around in the sport. Yeah, and, and Matt Braggs there, like he got yeah. between them, of course, on the day. Uh, Matt's Matt's had a crazy year and obviously showed himself to be up there with the elite. Obviously, make the world's strongest man final. Yeah, but yeah, for for yourself. Don't know. Obviously, the first event you kind of go out there and it's max log. You you're the yeah. first up straight out <laughs> yeah. there in in front of everybody. First time ever at a Giants live event, and obviously two uh, hundred and seventy kilos on that log. I believe that would the opener. Yeah, that has smashed your PR. I believe. Yeah, well, I did. I had one sixty five at the end of a ladder at Scotland's. Yeah. So, like, I do think on that day, if it was, if it was. If my overhead was as strong as it was at the Scotland's final, I would have pressed 170. I think I wouldn't have been too far off 180, to be honest. Right. But I peaked for Scotland's. I trained for it for eight months, dedicated. Yeah. And then, obviously, finished, finished Scotland's, done my kind of the week off, you're not training, the week after, you're not training. And then get kind of three weeks' notice to train, uh, to compete at the Hydro Show. Yeah. And I just, there was no way I could either maintain my strength or build it back up to where it was. So, like, I, was, I wasn't I was going to have a long PB that day, mm. which was which was annoying because I know I could have hit it and it would have yeah. been decent points on the board to get that first one. But, uh, yeah, I, I went into the comp just kind of knowing. I was like, don't don't let that get to you. Like, if you if you zero the log and obviously that, that's what happened. And I, I was still disappointed, don't get me yeah. wrong. But, uh, yeah, still got to enjoy the rest of the show. Exactly. There's still, what, four more events to go. I think you did. I watched it back the other day. You did the smart thing. You tried it once, realized it wasn't there on the day, and just went, "No, I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna overexert myself and kind of yeah. ruin the rest of my comp." Exactly. I, I wasn't getting it. I, I could have. You could have gave me twenty minutes hmm. to try it, and I, I, I wasn't going to get it. I don't think so. Yeah. No. No miraculous third attempt like Luke did on the uh, no. <laughs> kilo log, which was yeah, crazy. Yeah, no. <laughs> say. Um a lot of people talk about the speed of a Giants live event. And I yeah. mean, how, I know, obviously, Scotland's was an official strongman event, but it's not quite the same as a as a Giants live event when they properly no. got the speed onto you, rattling through those events. How did you sort of react and deal with that? It was difficult. Like, at Scotland's, there's, I think, 23, 24 yeah. people competing. And there's even between a couple of events, they do things like, there was a women's uh, deadlift record attempt. So it's like, you you really are getting a lot of time. And even at Scotland's, I felt, I was like, oh, I'm not, not quite ready for the next event, but Giants is a completely different game. Yeah. Uh, the example I used, I've, I've kind of been telling to folk, was after the deadlift. So I did, did three reps for the 350, which again, wasn't particularly happy with, but that setup feels so much harder yeah. than any I've used before. But anyway, did that. And I went backstage and I was like, trying to get my breath, put my suit off. It was on super tight, of course. Yeah. And I was like, basically just lying on the floor in the athlete's area, getting my breath, trying to recover for the next event. And then Matt Schuper walks in and he just had seven reps. Mm. And like he just strolled in, not out of breath at all, just kind of looked at me on the floor. And I was just looking <laughs> up at him like, I was like, oh, like that's, that's well, one of the differences. That's yeah. that's the level this has. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, it, 
bit of a different athlete is Mitch, isn't he? So yeah, but yeah, but it's... a lot of the guys to be fair were were gassed and tired between events. Like I think you can only get kind of so used to it. It's going to be hard no matter what. Yeah, and I think part of it's just embracing that as well. You know, just knowing that it's it's going to be horrible for a few hours, but that's the nature of the comp. Yeah, uh, and I find that generally you can, as long as your condition is not horrendous, you can still perform. Like even if your body feels a bit beat, you can you can still go out there and hit the numbers that you've done in training. It's just kind of mentally being yeah being able to exert fully under that kind of stress. Yeah, it's it's I, I can't see it being something that you can really get used to, as you say. Be, yeah, like you can always get your conditioning better, and that's always going to help. But I don't think you can get it to a point where you feel, you know, untouched between events. I don't yeah. think maybe, maybe I'm wrong. There's probably a few guys that can do that. Yeah, you, you see, you see the guys that do well at the one day events. I'm thinking, obviously, this year Evan Singleton seems to have got it down to an absolute science. Yeah, yeah, uh, he does great at the giant shows. Yeah, but I feel like that experience for yourself doing it at the World Tour Finals will only give you a head up on some of the guys that have maybe not done it before going into Brits? Yeah, possibly. I, th- I think England's this year was a Giants event as well, so they, I think they ran it. Yeah, it was. But they ran it entirely like a Giants event, so they'll have had that experience too, but I'm, I'm still very grateful for it because I've, everything from the kind of the new experience of showing up to the venue early and wandering around the athletes meeting, the practicing your walkout, doing the walkout, you know, all, all these kind of things that are very new. Because uh, they they come with pressures of their own, you know. Like I won't I won't lie, the walkout was something I was nervous for. Yeah, you know, like do, kind of doing that for the first time and even doing it for the second time at Brits, I'm I'm going to be nervous for it too. <laughs> but I think the more you do stuff like that, the, the less it's going to affect you and the less mental energy you need to put towards it. The more you can mm-hmm. focus on the event. So yeah, it's definitely an advantage having having had that experience. Yeah, how how much did you jump at the loud bang after the uh, walkouts? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm amazed that I didn't. Wow. I've jumped at it being in the crowd, like, yeah, many times. So <laughs> it gets me every time. Yeah, I, I like the feeling with just that high. Yeah, I'm normally sat doing some sort of filming, and uh, yeah, I my footage at that point is dreadful because every time I jump, I can't. <laughs> I mean, we sit in practice and put his fingers in his ears when it's coming round to that point. It's hilarious to see all all the kind of behind the scenes team. Just everybody stood there, fingers it is bracing for it, and they're really scared. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a fun one doing those walkouts with all the lights, the music, the crowd get really behind everybody, which is is amazing yeah. to see. There's no real. There's obviously a couple of guys that will be absolute favourites. You've got obviously yeah, yeah. Tom and Luke as your main ones. Um, I, but everybody gets cheered, which is amazing to see. How, how did you feel walking out in front of sort of a hometown crowd? Yeah, it was good. I, I, I couldn't really, I, I couldn't really focus. I didn't, I didn't so much take it all in because of maybe the nerves. Like yeah. I was just coming out and it's like, right, go the right way. <laughs> I actually, like, I jumped over the advertising board and kind of went into the crowd and like did all like high fives and that. But that, that was more of an accident to be honest because during the like the practice walkout, the lights were so blinding that yeah. I went the wrong way. Right. Uh, and no, no, I pointed me around, look, go this way. So when I went out for my actual walkout, I thought I'd done it again. I saw the advertising boards and I was like, oh, no, I, like, I'm meant to be on the other side of them. 
So I jumped over them, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm in the crowd." And I was like, so I just, I just started running, high fiving folks, and <laughs> jumped over again. Just play cool, play it cool. Just yeah, act like you meant it. It's fine. Yeah, I, th- I think it looked intentional, but it wasn't. Yeah, I think <laughs> Evans Nana does it every every comp anyway. So yeah, yeah, don't look out of place too badly anyway. So you're fine. <laughs> Uh, at least you didn't sort of slut drop like Pyro Dwyer does. Which is always, <laughs> always an interesting one. Does he do that? The same one at every comp, or is it? Uh, I, think he, I think he does try and come up with new ideas, but I have seen a few where he has done that little drop, and um, it's Hopefully always it's, it's interesting to see. But that's Par. He's quite a, quite a character anyway, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> so looking ahead to sort of the next big competition that you've got, it's obviously Britain's strongest man at the end of January. We're not we're just under three weeks away. From it now, um, how's your preparation gone and how, how are you feeling? Uh, it's went well. I would say it's a very heavy comp. It's probably the heaviest, yeah. strongest man there's ever been. Uh, so it's, I've really had to tweak quite hard for it. A lot of the lifts, like a 400 kilo deadlift, a 160 axle, it's, you know, it's numbers I've not hit before. I've, I've never, I've never trained axle before, to be fair. Yeah. So it's, that's been a new experience in itself, but. Yeah, it's it's towards the the upper end of where my strength would be. Yeah. So you know that's been a new experience. Like the the four hundred, I just want to I just want to take off a four hundred kilo deadlift. To be honest, if I can do one, I'll be delighted. Like the way training's going, it's, it's kind of hard to tell because the weight can come on very quickly, the heavier it gets. But mm. it's the way things are going. I think I think I will get one, and in the back of my mind, I'm saying maybe two. But, uh, in the 160 actually, it's tr- trending towards getting that as well. But yeah, we'll see. Ev- everything's going okay. With the the one thing we're not too sure about is the anvil carry into arm over arm. Yeah, that's going to be it's a new setup. Something nobody's had a go of yet. Uh, hopefully, going to get a wee shot of it in the next couple of weeks. I think everyone's got the option of heading down. I think it's arriving at kind of Giants HQ in the next few days. Nice. Uh, so once once I've got a feel for that, I'll, I'll probably, well, hopefully feel a lot more confident. Unless yeah. I get out of it and it's extremely difficult. And, yeah. 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 Whoa. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is kind of the one event that's sort of a bit of an unknown for everybody, I suppose, is that sort of carrying hoist. I know they've done variations of that over different competitions this year. I know, I think I saw something at, at the Shaw Classic that was very similar. It was right. kind of like an arm over arm hoist. Um, so a couple of the guys, obviously, there was what Tom, Luke, Gav, I think Bish did do that one before he got injured. Um, so they've had done arm over arm stuff, but that's a real question mark for everybody coming into it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and because yeah. it makes a big difference as well with if it's a light arm over arm or if it's an extremely heavy, it's going to benefit certain folk. Like some, of, if it's not not that you you would want it to be light necessarily, but then that's where guys like. Probably mean like Paddy Haynes, kind of the, the like maybe kind of lighter guys would benefit from it. Can get back up quickly, can be speedy on the event. Yeah. Uh, but then if it's a massively heavy one, not not to say we wouldn't do well. Like I, I think I'm pretty good at arm over arm, but it'll be more of a challenge. So we'll yeah. find find out hopefully in the next week. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Giants will be putting out some uh, footage on Instagram and their social medias when you guys are all down there testing out yeah. the equipment. It'll be nice to see it in action. Before the event, and we'll we'll see how kind of people are flowing with it. I know I know they normally do those um, days where there's a few other guys that go down, and I think in 
the past, it's been beneficial for those guys. So you're definitely doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. In making the trip down. Um, speaking of, of the deadlift one, obviously it's a bit of a decision event now. Yeah. It, obviously, you can either do the 360 or the 400. Obviously, any reps of the 400 trumping the 360. Yeah. Is there an opportunity if you don't hit the 400 to jump down and do the 360? Yeah, or... you're allowed to do that, yeah. Uh, it... Which which kind of makes the decision to attempt the 400 a bit easier. Yeah. Uh, but I think you've, you've probably got to be going for the 400 if you want in any way decent points because the majority of the guys can pull it. Like, yeah. I don't know if... Uh, probably apart from like a world deadlift championships, I think there's a chance that it'll be the most 400 kilo deadlifts pulled in a single day ever. Yeah. Possibly, uh, which would be quite cool. But yeah, probably got to go for the 400. I think if, I'm not, I'm probably not going to know until the last week of training my heaviest deadlift exactly where it is. Yeah. If, if the 400 is definitely not there, then yeah, it'd be the smart call to start in the 360, save energy and get as many reps as you can. But certainly the plans to to get the 400 a good go which is great but yeah you meant you mentioned the strength of this field and it's probably well easy to say that it's the strongest britain strongest man lineup for you know, probably ever oh yeah possibly so i mean i was talking to somebody yesterday and i was like picking a podium out of this lineup is incredibly tough yeah yeah it, it's crazy when you look at the guys. Obviously, you mentioned the 400 deadlift. You'd expect Tom to do it. You'd expect probably Gav, Shane. Oh, yeah. Luke, Luke yeah, Richardson. Yeah. Felix probably does it. He's oh, does, got yeah. that power. Yeah. And you think it's going to be, you're going to be taking points off each other throughout the events. It's going to be incredibly tight, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think there'll be a lot of ties on the deadlift, but then yeah. that's where the tactics really come into it. And I think I'm interested to see what happens at the top end with the guys that are maybe going to pull 400 for three, four reps. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if anyone will pull it for five, but maybe because uh, then they're they're going to have to make the call of right. I can pull three, maybe four. Well, I just pull three and jump on the 360 and get a rep. Yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be split that way. Uh, so yeah. I'm interested to see what kind of tactics yeah. they go for. That's going to be an interesting event. The one, the event I'm most looking forward to is the bag toss. Because really? <laughs> the amount of talent, talented bag toss athletes in this lineup is crazy. I've seen Shane Flowers is incredibly fast. Yeah, Tom Tom's incre- just an unbelievable athlete. Anyway, but he, he's he's great at those sort of tossing events. You've got sort of yourself who has obviously worked on it a lot. You've got Luke Richardson yeah. who's looking great and fast in training. Paddy Ains is doing tons of work on farm. With his little setup, he's yeah. he's got his little branded Haynes strength um, bar as well, that. which is quite yeah. quite clever. But yeah, so that event I feel like is going to come down to who doesn't make an error. Yeah, I think there'll be guys, there'll be a few guys don't make mistakes. I think it's about transitions between the bags, yeah, and not taking a step back. Like we'll see if we'll see if folk do it or not, but. Just watching guys in the past, they always take a jump back and throw the bags. And yeah. I think this year, if you want to win it, you can't do that. Mm. You've got to throw it from the line. Uh, maybe the last bag, jump back, but the rest of them, I think they'll have to be thrown from the line if, for whoever's going to win it. Yeah, it's it's always a fun event anyway to 
to watch. I, yeah. I know it's a, it's a fan favourite anyway. I, I mean, I've always oh, loved it. I've always loved it. Um, so I'm going to ask you for your predictions. Right. I expect you to sort of tell me exactly where you're going to finish. But for yourself, what are you... Well, not so much predictions, but what are you hoping for? Come yeah. On Honestly, I just... I want to... If I can do what I'm hopefully capable of on every event, I'm not going to be first about a place. And because... Like, the reality is, in a comp like this, I'm not, I'm not going to be top five or anything. Like, that's just kind of how it is at the moment. So, to me, it doesn't really make a difference. See if you're, see if you're ninth, twelfth, like, those numbers don't really matter in my mind. Yeah. So, if I can just do what I think I'm capable of, and I'll place for a place. But, if, if I do what I'm capable of, I th- I'd like to think I could be in the top ten. You know, that that would be okay for me. Uh Yes, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to say though because it's so it's so it depends so much on what everyone else does as well. Yeah, really. Does. And those fine margins, like we say, like who knows? Maybe I could have a perfect day and place a wee bit higher than that. Maybe I could have a perfect day and be dead last. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> if that's, that's a possibility here. If everybody else is on it, it's it's not a much you can do, is it? To beat you yeah. on the day and they're the better man, it's it's unfortunate. But so yeah, if if I can just hit the numbers that I've maybe kind of got in my mind. Like, I'll, I'll be satisfied with that and probably make a good account of myself, I would say. Yeah, perfect. Um, looking ahead to the rest of 2024, then obviously we, we focused in on Brits, that's just January. What other comps are you kind of looking at? Um, have you got lined up? What's what's the rest of the 2024 season look like for Conor Curran? Honestly, probably just Scotland's strongest man again. Uh, the thing is, with the position I'm in with Giants, you get one year. You win Scotland, you get a year. You know, you get Brits, and obviously, I got the World Tour Finals, which was a really nice bonus. But yeah. that's it. You've you've not you're not getting back next year unless you win Scotland again. So, yeah. or you know, maybe if you're if you're top two and like somebody drops out, you might get in. But yeah. the only the only way to guarantee getting to Giants next year is to win Scotland again this year. So certainly, that's that's the priority. Uh, it'll be very difficult, but that's that's what the rest of the year is going to be. Uh, working towards just focused in on retaining that title really yeah yeah which makes sense you've got you've got obviously you mentioned it there the way that they're doing Britain's Strongest Man now is every national national champions getting an invite guaranteed yeah so these guys obviously Sean Gillen obviously won the Ireland's Strongest Man Gab Bilton won Wales but that's no surprise yeah it's <laughs> great um Luke Richards, obviously everybody on the podium at England's strongest man got an invite with yep. Luke, Kane and, and Paddy. So it's great to see that more chances are given and more emphasis is put on these national titles because then that competition only gets better because everybody wants that yeah. Giants live spot. It's, it's nice to have that clear route. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's part of the prize as well. You know, you win on the day you get the title, which is... The main thing, of course, and maybe a wee bit of prize money, which is nice, but then you also know it's like I'm going to a giant show, like that's it, secured it. Yeah. So it's, it's that's a, a massive plus. Yeah, definitely is. What's the sort of next few years look like then? Because I believe you're 29? 29, yeah. 29. So still plenty of years ahead of you in your strongman career, still basically at the beginning of it, only sort of three years into your journey. What's the next sort of few years look like for yourself? What are you wanting to sort of achieve and go on to do? Okay, I'd love to, I'd love to get established in the giant scene and then 
kind of see what happens from there. But I never really, I never really set kind of longer term goals like that. Like I'm not one of the guys that's that's going to be like, oh, I want to get to a world strongest man final because that's something I don't really have the right to say that. I don't yeah. think at the moment that's that's still quite a quite a ways away. Uh, yeah, next year's just see what happens if I can keep progressing the way I have been. Then I don't see why I can't become establishing the giant scene and mm. uh, hopefully win Scotland's year after year. Uh, that would be the goal. But I know that that's not that's not going to be an easy task at all. I I could get better at the rate that I have been improving and not win Scotland's this year and not yeah. win it next year yeah. and not win it the year after that. And you know, there, there, there would there would come a point where I would be like, well, I'm what am I doing this for now? Yeah. Uh, but. I've been I've been saying that since I started. I've not been, you know, shouting about any kind of lofty ambition. So like, I'm just going to take it year by year, and if it keeps going the way it's going, then I think I could, yeah, become established in the giant scene, and then maybe push for some higher placings at those comps. I'd say that's a, a fair goal at the moment. Yeah, that's a very sensible goal. I think it's obviously yeah. you you say there are a lot of guys coming to sport. I've won decent place and they're like, I'm gonna win World Shruggies Man in three years. It's like, mm, Yeah. Are you? <laughs> really? <Aye>. Um, <laughs> so I feel like it's very sensible goals that you you kind of set yourself. Obviously, you, you managed to get a podium at Giants Live event and that guarantees you a spot at a World Shruggies yeah. Man. So I feel like getting a, a, a giant podium, that's such a, a massive achievement. Yeah. You know, that's pre- pretty far from where I am at the moment, I would have to say. So but yeah, that I mean that'd be amazing. I would, I would say though, from from doing the World Tour finals, it, it it probably did give me a bit of confidence, even though I placed uh, low in that competition, yeah. unsurprisingly, because I was it was all fine margins. Like yeah. on the day, I feel if you know you you do these things, it's probably not a good idea to do them. Like all about ifs and buts, but yeah. you know if I had like an extra an extra like three steps on the Conans with a bump me up three places, yeah. and. Uh, I didn't load the last stone. I can do a full stone run. I didn't do it on the day. Mm. If I got one more deadlift, it would have taken me from joint tenth to joint fourth. I think like it was all, all very fine margins. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just I'm just telling myself that I certainly wouldn't go about shouting about it as I thought I was close to doing well. But it's very difficult to put all those things together on the day. But certainly, I, I don't I don't feel all that far away yeah. from being able to kind of challenge at that level for a decent placing. Yeah, and I mean that's that, that was the big takeaway I took away from, from watching yourself at the World Tour Finals is it was close margins. You wasn't far away at all. I mean, Sandbag yeah. Steeplechase were a close one as well. I feel like you moved very well for probably the first time you'd ever used that sort of done that sort it was, of event. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I did two runs in training. Yeah, for that, and I think I was I was mid table against like a world's final kind of lineup, which yeah. I was very happy with that. But yeah. Could be better. Like I, I went faster in training. Yeah, but it, it, for your first sort of event at that level against that sort of field, to be mixing it up in certain events in that mid sort of pack, it's nothing to take away from yourself, and you can only be proud about what you achieved. And I'm sure you you walked away from that that day with more positives than negatives. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, there was there was no pressure. It wasn't. Kind of losing to those guys isn't uh isn't embarrassing in any no. way. It's kind of expected. So no, I, I learned so much that day, and it was it was a positive. Which is great to hear. It's it's great to have 
heard a little bit about your journey. Uh, I think we'll we'll wrap things up there. It's been great to talk to yourself. Thank you for oh, for jumping on the first ever episode of the All Things Strongman podcast. You'll you'll forever have that as like a little feather in your cap. Being the being the first guest that's let this uh, Yorkshire idiot talk to you and uh, ask you a few <laughs> questions about. No, thanks, uh, thanks very much for having me on. No, it's been a pleasure. So thank you to everybody who's taken the time to listen out, listen to this podcast. We'll have a few more coming up in the lead up to Britain's Strongest Man. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled on, on Instagram and I'll be pushing out when, when they go live. <laughs>